What's up and welcome back to another episode of The Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril Ishaimi, and for the first time ever, I am not joined by the two usual guys, Raf and Ollie. They are not here. This is going to be a special theme, as you've heard on the bonus episode. But yeah, for this one, we've got my partner, Lorna. She's taking it away. We're doing Summer Blockbusters Ooh. number three. And for the first time ever as well... We're doing movies that are actually in cinema. I'm not sure if movies are still in cinema right now, but I mean, they've come out recently. So, change. yeah, nice little change. But yeah, Lorna, how about you say hello? Hi, it's me. <laughs> She's <I'm> back. back. <laughs> <laughs> what was the movie that we did? The boxing one. Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Someone oh, does homework. Lorna so, made me listen to it to oh. prepare for this. Well, if you yeah. heard Learn that the best. special lovely voice, the new voice in the, in the room. The person next to me who's called Amar. Yeah. How about, how about you say hello, introduce yourself, give us a little bit of knowledge on why you should be on the movie newbie. <laughs> <laughs> why have you come today? Because I'm the complete opposite. I am not the movie newbie. <laughs> I am the movie oldie. Yes. Oh. 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 Um, yeah, so hi, my name's Amar. Um, I studied at St. Martin's Lorna, and that's how I am basically here right now. So yeah. thanks for having me, guys. Well, maybe. Yeah. Um, although I do um, loan out Blu-rays that Lorna does keep away from me. And <laughs> yeah, return. you're the personal blockbuster. Yeah, so six years. I'll be handing you to the ends of the earth for those back, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm overdue. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Four years. Um, so yeah, I mean... I love film. I'm obsessed with film. All I do is talk and about film and watch films. I think well, you're fl- studying film as well, right? Studying Masters. film. I've been in films. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you yeah. have been in films. I've been, well, I mean, just just a singular one that managed to see me on the screen, which is quite fun. Nice. Um, and um, yeah, everyone's sick about me talking about it, so I thought I'd amplify my voice to everyone who doesn't usually hear Worldwide. me talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mentioned this before the we started recording, but this whole podcast started because I was sick of my two best friends <laughs> speaking about films that I didn't understand. So instead of going like, oh, I don't hang out with you guys anymore, I went, let's turn this into a podcast like every straight male does. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the first my first time I've been on a podcast. So welcome, this is, welcome. This is great. Oh, yeah. yeah, we got your podcast virginity. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna. Yeah, me. I mean, let me tell you, I'm ready to offload. Let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> <All right>. wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess it's time to get to it because for the first time ever, we're doing summer blockbusters, and they are the blockbusters of this summer 2023 think of the century you think so <laughs> yeah well i mean it's been a while since we've had such a huge yeah i think it's summer. been the big yeah. summer hits yeah I think it's for the, the first time in years the first i think in it's the first time ticket sales have like like been record like, in mm. over 10 years like yeah. it's broken record like this summer particularly yeah yeah definitely well, and um, i think also for me personally it's the first time that i'm like genuinely really excited about cinema about just well just going to the cinema mm. Because most of their films, it's been like, oh yeah, I want to see it. I'll see it at some point. But all these films, I've been like, I want to see opening weekend. Like, yeah. I want to yeah. see it straight mm-hmm. away. I want to see it before I get spoilers on Instagram and all this kind of stuff. I want to yeah. see mm-hmm. it now. Which is... Yeah. So with the, I guess, lackluster performance of June with films that came out in June, we're kicking this off with July. July has been amazing. And for the mm-hmm. first episode of this theme, we're going to be talking about Mission. Impossible Seven, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. 
this is the first Mission Impossible we're doing for the cinema, <laughs> uh, for this, uh, for this podcast. But I think it's, I guess, the best movie to start with, just because if mm-hmm. you think of Mission Impossible, you think of blockbusters. Like Tom Cruise has been a part of our lives since we were born, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I think this uh, film franchise, I guess you could say has been around since basically since we were born, you know, like first one, 96 and now 2023, which is insane. So let's get some initial thoughts from the both of you. Um, How about Amar? Yes. Number one. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been waiting for this for like years. Like I went to see the previous on Fallout in the IMAX and um, like I jumped out of my seat. It was that good. Um, And I'm a big fan of Tom Cruise. So obviously I was really excited and yeah, I loved it. I thought it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, I was there. You saw it in IMAX? In IMAX, yeah, opening but like, night. like 3D IMAX or just normal No, IMAX? it was just standard 2D. Okay. I was um, like, wow. I mean, it wasn't... Tom Cruise in I mean, 2D? Surprise, surprisingly, it wasn't filmed in IMAX. Yeah. It was just projected to IMAX ratio, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, the previous film had IMAX scenes filmed, like the, the Halo jump and a yeah. few other sequences of the helicopter stuff. Uh, but this one wasn't, but I think it was on purpose for the specific reasons of it being shot, the first film in the series to be shot on digital mm-hmm. rather than film, which was, a, I think, a very interesting reason purely because of the narrative and the subject matter that they mm-hmm. were dealing with. Mm-hmm. So the transfer to digital film was quite exciting, I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I thought everything was brilliant. Like, you can dissect it, but those are my initial thoughts, yeah. Sick. I, I was, I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I, yeah, I only started watching all of them, I think like a month or two ago. Right. I weirdly started off with, was it number two I started off with? Or three? We watched a movie together. I think it was two. I think it was two. Yeah, because two is the most it like was bombastic, like 90s style. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I was like, what the hell is this film? I mm. don't know what's going on yeah. and all the women were in it and i was like Meh. and then i was like okay and then i think i jumped to like five which mm-hmm. was a massive contrast and then eventually i was like okay i need to get back and yeah. actually yeah. watch one two six well seven. Now seven yeah now seven yeah. um and then it started to make a little bit more sense and i got really into it then so then when yeah, this nice. one came out i kind of finished the marathon films mm. so i was like super pumped to go see it mm. like the first time i'm actually really excited to see an action movie like yeah. i like action movies but yeah. i don't love action movies i'm sure. like oh yeah there's entertaining mm. but i don't know i was a bit kind of like mm. yeah okay i think i think i get where you're coming from um with the I, like the mission impossible but, franchise mm. yeah what were you gonna say but i think the more i've thought about it the more i'm like wow it was a really impressive movie and i think i just kind of take for granted these films sometimes yeah, sure. I think I took it a bit for granted. I yeah. think I'll give it a good. A, yeah, it's better. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Julian. No, no worries. Um, so I was gonna say, like, this might be a hard take. Um, it might be a take, but I think the Mission Impossible franchise itself is probably one of the best, if not the best franchise, because we don't get like a movie every year or every two yeah. years yeah so whenever you do see a mission impossible it is like an event. A, it's an event yeah you know it's true like i'd say mission impossible one and mission impossible two their main competitor was a pierce brosnan 007 sure 
So then it got into the noughties and then I guess it started off being more realistic with number three. You have Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. as the main villain. I think my favorite villain in the Mission Impossible franchise. And I mean, then yeah. you come to this where you have a 60-year-old Tom Cruise <laughs> riding a bike off of a, like a mountain. And that's not yeah. even like the most the, crazy like yeah. sequence <laughs> in the film. So like, but yeah, it's true though. I never thought of it in that way because there's know? no like prequels, there's no like side yeah. character TV shows, mm. which well, is kind it of did ref- come from that seventies TV show. TV oh, show. but you know yeah. how now the Star Wars world is fucking massive, expanded, yeah. Exactly. And now, and obviously exactly. with Marvel as well, you're just oh, overwhelmed. You're kind of getting to the point where you're not bored, but you're just like so much you know, it's exhausting, yeah. And you're not that excited anymore when a new sure. one comes yeah. out because there's always something out. Mm. But yeah, I suppose with yeah. um I was going to say James Bond. Well, I was going <laughs> to say Impossible, like, like it is like a rare event. It's like, yeah, every couple of years. Yeah. And it's like, woo. Like, and it's, it's interesting to say because like Marvel and Star Wars out of, let's say the franchisee kind of creations sure. are the two that are like successful and are good. Like if you look at all the failed franchises that have been tried, like yeah. things that come to mind are like Ghostbusters, um, mm. sure. Zack Snyder. Yeah. The Justice DC League, stuff. Yeah. Um, there's there's so many countless like things that have just failed. So yeah. Mission Impossible for me has been something that's just like it's just gotten better and better yeah. and better. Yeah. And it's not because it's realistic. It's not because it's um true. You know, it's just like it just leans into the genre, right? It's it's yeah. okay. So last week we all the three of us plus um your roommate? My flatmate, yeah, yeah my flatmate John. Yeah. Yeah. So we all went to uh the Empire spe- spoiler special about um, MI7, and it had Christopher McQuarrie, the director of the film. And I would say, like, my opinion of the film before and my opinion of the film after um, was, I guess, slightly altered just yeah. by the way that he was speaking. Yeah, but yeah. he said something really, really interesting, and it was the difference between entertainment and resonance, or yes, or something like that. You know, it's not like the film. It's not like Oppenheimer, let's say, yeah, and it's not pure entertainment either. It's it has a fine balance, mm. somewhere in the middle, right? Somewhere in the middle. So I guess this is a good way to, I guess, segue into our first question of the day. Sure, um, we're gonna go with our favorite scenes, or your favorite scene, or your best scene of the film MI Seven. I, you guys should know this is a, gonna be there's gonna be spoilers for this, and I guess because it's the films are in cinema right now. Um, yeah, I'm sorry if you if you didn't watch the film. Yeah, but, stop listening now. Yeah, stop get listening your ass now. in the cinema <laughs> and then get your ass back on this. Run yeah. there, run back. So, <laughs> who wants to who wants to take this first? The first their favorite scene. Yeah, all right, let's go. <laughs> Fuck it. I I have a few actually. Oh. Okay, so I saw the film quite a while ago, so my memory is, but um. Okay. Mm. But the scene where they're all in the room. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few and they're of those. all the kind of businessy men, and it's got the guy from the original, like, oh, the opening. Oh, scene-ish. right, with all the heads of the Not CIA yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And then they're talking about like, oh, what's um, you know, what is IMF? And then what does it stand for? And they're like, <laughs> oh, Mission Impossible. And I thought it was like kind of funny that they are just taking the piss of this very like nineties yeah. idea. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty funny. And I thought it was. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. and obviously. Yeah, and in that scene, obviously, you get the whole reveal and you get the face mask the face thing, mask. And which is the iconic thing that you always look for. Yeah. So that whole scene, I thought, was pretty good. But then also, I think my other favorite scene was the 
car chase, but with Tom Cruise and the woman like handcuffed. Oh, the handcuffed, yeah, in the yellow, in the, yellow in the fucking yellow car. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, they're just going brilliant. everywhere because you're like, oh, it's so refreshing to see like a shit car. Yeah. yeah. I think also like a stunt we've never seen before. Like they're both yeah. driving one-handed. They're yeah. tied to each other. Yeah. And they're swapping seats because the car's flipping around. I mean, like, I don't know. I never thought Mission Impossible. I mean, Mission Impossible was funny. Yeah. But I didn't think it was that funny. And I was oh, yeah. laughing out loud in the cinema. Yeah. So I was quite surprised. I was like, aha. I found that like, uh, it, like in regard to the first scene that you're talking about when they were like, this is the international... Uh, no, it was it no the, it, it, no, the impossible like, mission yeah, force yeah. and <laughs> yeah, it just sounds so lame. Yeah, it does. You know? It sounds so like seventies, <laughs> yeah, right? It yeah, sounds so seventies. And it's like this is still going on. Like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, like change the name, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because in that scene, like, it's full of famous faces. Yeah, yeah. as only like, oh my god, like they're really you know, yeah. all the, all the money's coming in. Like these are all yeah. really prominent figures in acting. And then obviously there's the huge reveal of Tom being mm. in the room the entire time. And yeah. All those face mask reveals, regardless mm. of which movie, is always like, "Oh my god, yeah, that's him!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. But every Don't time, say it. come on, <laughs> yeah, and the music like kicks in, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is really cool." Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because that scene actually, um, the end of that sequence is like beginning of the movie, like the, the intro yeah. credit starts, and that's 28 minutes mm-hmm. into the movie. Mm-hmm. Is it? Which is which is great. And yeah. I think it's the first time a Mission Impossible film doesn't start with Tom in yes. the first scene. Yes, that's true. Yeah. You guys don't? don't yeah. Do I think so. I, I, well, it's just because like, I, I, I did a marathon like in the last yeah, three I months. Yeah, I mean, I did the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to piggyback on Lorna's uh, mm. favorite scene. Uh, for me, it was the, the Fiat 500 scene. The, oh, yeah. The, yeah. It's good. Just driving through, was it Venice or Rome? It was Rome. It was so Rome. Rome. Yeah. Yeah. So Rome is the city that I've just always wanted to go to, like oh, my right. entire oh, nice. life, and I've never been. And because I'm a nerd, I played Assassin's Creed, and <laughs> yeah, like, me too. you're in me Rome, too. and yeah. it's just fucking awesome. So like to see a car that I've also wanted to drive in Italy, because it's like the most Italian thing to do. In <laughs> yeah, that or a Vespa, right? It's like... That or a Vespa, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I just really like the... Not the fact that it was like an impressive scene where they're handcuffs handcuffed and doing it, but it's yeah. just the fact that they're in like the it's it's the uh the the comedic factor, mm. you know? Yeah. Um Well I found it really interesting, like, because yeah, the podcast with the director last week, he was saying in that um scene no one could see what was happening inside the car when they were filming. Yeah. So like they were just kind of bouncing off each other. Tom Cruise and what was the actress's name? Um, Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. But also like, fucking hell, they must have done it so many times. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. I think they did it 18 times. They did it. Yeah. And then I think they've released clips of them practicing like, mm. um, like training for it. It's just insane. Like the yeah. streets are so narrow. If you mm. ever go to Rome, You'll realize how narrow those streets are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's quite I mean, I, I ridiculous. Played, I played yeah. Assassin's Creed, so yeah. I think I know about the street. <laughs> I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't realize. I mean, we heard it in the podcast with Macquarie mm. last week, but 
um, the sequence where they go down the steps and the car's yeah. tumbling down the steps. I didn't realize they had to build that as a separate set piece. I mean, of course, I'm not going to let I mean, do yeah, that. I mean, yeah, they're not going to do historic it. Historic During the film, when you're watching it, it's obviously filmed. I mean, mm. it's captured so specifically that the illusion works yeah, yeah, yeah. incredibly so well. Like, oh, that was a set. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. But even like the director was saying, there were so many different shades of yellow for that one <laughs> car. <laughs> So like these things you're like, oh yeah, I just take for granted for so much when I watch these mm. massive budget movies. You just presume that everything is easy for them. Yeah. Because they have so much money. But actually yeah. like it is still, you know, attention to details and saying sure. those kind of movies. Yeah. And I guess it, it comes down to the producers and the director of what they are picking, you know, like yeah. if that color, like they want the ambiance to look or feel that way. Mm that color is really important. Well, there are other directors that are like, well, I, I don't want to keep referencing the talk that we went to, but it's like, there's a matter of like practicality when, yeah. it, coming, when it comes to making a film. And then there's actually like the, the thought into like, mm. ooh, this symbolizes this and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, but what's your favorite scene? Um, so it's, I mean, I, I, love those, I, I love those scenes. They're all great. Yeah. It was my favorite part of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, everything in Venice Mm-hmm. Was my the the entire Venice sequence mm-hmm. was my standout controversially because it includes extremely controversial ending to that sequence. Yeah, uh, what's it? Ferguson, Absab. Uh, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, which uh, we're yet to see if that is genuine. Yeah. or not. I don't know. I I if I if that's her death, so. I'm pissed off because I'm like yeah, I'd be too, I really yeah. liked her character mm-hmm. and I hadn't really seen yeah. a character yeah. like her who was equal the male but there wasn't really a love interest it was kind of this weird just there like was an equal equalness equalness yeah they and were mirrors like, of oh, each other that's cool and then she just and she barely had any lines up until yeah. that moment yeah and then she just gets like and she has a fake death at the start yeah so yeah. then when she dies for the second On time the break, you're like yeah. well i think can't be fake again do you think because like this movie has been pushed back right it was pushed back three years it was pushed like a while yeah yeah because yeah mid-covid I think she's been in so many things recently. I've seen yeah, her in so popping. many things. Yeah. Do you think it was a choice because of her, like, maybe like a schedule career. or her I think, career? Yeah, I or think Or do you think it's sure. actually, like... I don't think it's her career. Like, it's still a really good film to be in. But yeah, maybe it was scheduling problems. Yeah, I mean, that's I, what I'm saying. I, I think, was like, this so shit. I, I think so. at, at, at the time, yeah, because she had, what, she had Dune Part 2 and she had Silo, the Silo. TV show. Yeah. But now that they're done, right, and they've not filmed the entirety of They'll Part 2. they just come back so, to life. I mean, there, there are there are key clues and allusions to the fact of she might be dead or not. I mean, the whole entire franchise is built off of fake outs and reveals. Mm. And in the entire yeah. in it, in this film, each of the central characters are at least once dressed like a magician. Mm-hmm. So Tom really? Cruise with the waistcoat, mm-hmm. Haley Atwell oh, in the yeah. suit, Rick Ferguson in like the magician cloak. Yeah. So like, there's an allusion to obviously el- elusive craft mm-hmm. in the film. Um, and obviously the use of face well, masks, etc. They definitely foreshadowed her death, though. With um, was it Gabriel shooting Tom's? Oh, in the flashback. In the flashback, yeah. yeah. So there is um, they they were pointing towards it. So mm. third time lucky. I mean, yeah, fool me once, was it? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think the the particular moment I'm thinking of is when they're all in the in the party, mm-hmm. and there's this weird like Mexican standoff without any guns. Yeah. They all stood around talking about what's going to happen next. And everyone's mm. like, holy shit, like one of us is going to fucking die here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Vanessa Kirby's character is properly pooping herself, being like, yeah. I actually don't know what I'm doing. I was like, kill the new girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I mean, 
obviously they're shaping Captain her. Marvel's no Captain, Captain America's, America's uh, ex-wife. Yeah, ex- <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean they're shaping her up to be what the protege, right? Haley yeah. character. Yeah. Um, but I thought that sequence in the party was great, and then Gabriel being like, "Oh, actually, that interested party is the party, and yeah. the party is the AI yeah. antagonist." Oh, I feel is, like we should wait. And get onto the AI. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, I guess we can leave that to the I'm armchair just, uh, armchair moment. But uh, how about we move to favorite performances? Since ooh. we're talking about a few performances mm-hmm. here. Um, I mean, I'm just going to go out and say it, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to say Yo, Tom. it. Tom, yeah. big Tom. It's funny because yeah. he's such a good comedic actor as well as an action star, right? It's, yeah, and, and he's so... You don't see that kind of comedy anymore. No, yeah. it's really it's physical stuff like Looney yeah. Tunes, Buster but also and like stuff. he is so invested in these films. Yeah, which yeah. sounds really stupid to say, but it's like it's kind of rare for an actor to be to be this invested in a film. Mm. I mean, he's like, pr- the he's film produced is him. all of them. Like he yeah. cannot be. There is no Mission Impossible without him. I like, wanted to ask: Does anyone remember that uh, freakout that Tom had during <laughs> COVID? Yeah. yeah, was it on the set of this film? Yes, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, because like you could tell that he was just genuinely. Into it, yeah. Well, he was just like so into it that he was pissed that people would break protocol, yeah, break yeah. protocol and uh, jeopardize this film being made. Because he yeah. he spent half a million on a cruise to mm-hmm. for the the whole crew to isolate on during COVID. So he's invested like obviously he's a producer, so he's using yeah. not just the studio's money but his own money. Yeah, um, shout out Tom. I mean, yeah, I mean he's a good producer. He's produced all of them. Like he's the one that bought on mm-hmm. De Palma for the original, mm-hmm. which I didn't realise, which is crazy that a young twenty something year old guy was like, I'll oh, bring on Brian De Palma. <laughs> like, like, who has the power to do that as a twenty something year old? That's yeah. crazy. Who has the brain to even think of that as yeah, a twenty year old? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like Tom Cruise himself, questionable. I don't know. I'm a bit kind yeah. of like mm. Yeah. But his attitude towards film, I'm like, it's really respectful. It's good. Well, he definitely has the chops. Magnolia, like... Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Collateral. Yeah, so... No, he can... Yeah, because I think, like, when I started watching his earlier work, I was like, wow, what the hell? Like, he's mm, a really good. good actor. Yeah, there's a, there was a, there's a really interesting um, article, like a journal, like, piece, mm. called uh, From Wimps to Wild Men. It's mm. about bipolar masculinity, mm. particularly in Tom Cruise's, like, mm-hmm. paradoxes, paradox performances. And like, it's the paradox of in America, you have movie stars that are either wimps or mm. wild men. So you have your wild men, such like Arnie, your yeah. Stallones, and you have your wimps, like your William H. Macy's and your Mark Wahlberg's mm-hmm. back in the 90s, for example. Yeah. And the paradox is that Tom Cruise was able to dance on both of those sides. So if he's able to do Magnolia, where he's a very wimpish, you know, toxic masculine character whereas mm. he dances a line where he goes mm. on to like what uh, to be a wild man in Mission Impossible and like, yeah. you could say even Jerry Maguire even though that's a dance of wimp and wild man I mean, you yeah. are a movie oldie yeah, yeah. I mean Ooh. it's a really good article I, I, I read it a few times and I don't know if you guys saying, have seen Magnolia recently but as soon as I met you I was like this guy is going to be perfect for this podcast <laughs> Yeah, too kind, too kind. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get told off a lot by my mum being like, "Talk about something else. Why do I film all the time? Can you talk about?" Okay, life? Well, before we get too sidetracked, what are your two favorite performances, or do you guys agree with Tom? I like it, but I also liked—is it Pom? Oh fuck! Oh Pom! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I was um, gonna say Pom. Yeah. Because again, like, yeah. Wait, we... let's just put it into perspective. She's also Nebula from Guardians She's of Mantis, the Galaxy. Mantis. Oh, Mantis. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. not Nebula. Mantis. Yeah. 
yeah. who is criminally, criminally underused in those films because yeah. in this film she and was terribly written, incredible. Yeah, while well, she was yeah. amazingly written I in did, this film. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't really put, I didn't recognize her because obviously in Marvel she's got those massive eyes and, and the, yeah, like, and, lots of yeah. you know, VFX. But I so did not realize it was the same person. I was like, yeah. she's, she's such a good actress, she, and she's so fucking scary in this movie. She's super physical, but really physical. And like yeah. the fight scene in that alleyway, I was like, Ooh. yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I think on, on par with uh, Raid. I mean, uh, that sequence in particular was, yeah, like yeah. super. I was, I mean, I was sweating. Like, yeah, I was, I was really nervous. It's so, hard because we've done Raid. On is it Raid? The yeah, Indonesian the Raid. film. Yeah, we we did that on this podcast before, oh, nice. and I think that's like the best, like claustrophobic fight scene, like in yeah, a hallway. 100%. But that scene, you yeah. know what? Actually. I need to switch my scene out because that I totally forgot about that claustrophobic fight scene. Yeah, yeah. it was good. That and was it's incredible. Really, like, because it, it, obviously in this one the cameras are like are all about close-ups, right? In this mm. movie, it's sort of like what's real, what's not real. Like, mm-hmm. let's look at the faces. And in that fight scene, it's so in, like, so in your face. Like when she's screaming and running at the camera, it's like, how the hell are they do it? Like, it's, and the space is so small. So yeah. how, one, mm. how are they getting a camera in there? Mm. And yeah. two, like, how is she moving around that space with the yeah, two the other guys in there? Of that- um, I go see dance <laughs> of that fight must have been so <laughs> insane. To... Is a dance, Lorna. <laughs> but I, I didn't realize. Yeah, um, I follow her on social media. I don't know if you guys do, but on social she, media. But she's a huge like like stunt freak. Like she loves oh, really? skydiving. She loves like she does all this crazy mm. stuff. That's and so she's, bad that she doesn't do anything. And Marvel, she's, she's super good at it. Like I saw her do a skydive, and she was like incredibly controlled. Yeah. And I think like that's a, a, a another reason why David Tom was like, oh my God, like, we have to get her in the movie. She yeah, has yeah, such yeah. good skills. Um, but yeah, my choice would have been Pom as well. But b- before we move on from that, I thought the guy who played Kittredge, Henry Cerny, who came back from the first film. Oh yeah. Amazing, yeah. Has one of the best voices. 100%. Yeah. Ever. And he's great. When he's, he's giving great. them their mission briefing at the start and the end, I'm like, yeah. The impression of his voice? No. <laughs> but oh wait, there's, there's there's a moment where he says like bounty hunter, and I'm like, oh, bounty, hunter. Bounty, hunter. bounty hunter, bounty hunter. Um, no, but yeah, and also he's um, he's in a really good film called from the '90s called Clear and Present Danger. Don't know if you saw it. It's like an old Harrison Ford Jack Ryan movie. Nah. And he he's really good in that. I mean, it, yeah, he's a good antagonist in that. There's a good a- action in commas scene where him and Harrison Ford have an argument. And it's the most riveting action scene with the action I have well, seen. Well, day. Yeah. Back to the other male, which we're talking about. Sorry. Oh, fuck oh, these, Tom. His main. <laughs> no, no, I love him. He's great. <laughs> All right. Well. Oh, I think also a, a, another underrated double act mm-hmm. in, is the Cher Wiggum and, and Greg Ta- Tarzan Davis. Yeah. yeah, incredible. They were like Looney Tunes comic relief running around trying to yeah. get her. They're they're oh, yeah. a better version of um was it Tokyo Train? No. Um Oh that came up with recently. Adam John is it Adam oh, Johnson? Bullet train. Bullet, Bullet train. train, yeah. yeah. With Adam Johnson and uh shit, I can't remember. Aaron Johnson. Name. Aaron Johnson. See, I fucking Oh yeah, and Brian. Adam, Adam Johnson uh, is the, newbie, newbie. Aaron yeah, Taylor no. Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, yeah. The they were really funny. Just to say Adam Johnson is the nonce that used to play for middle school. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow, incredible. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I fucked that up, and I always do. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought they were a better version of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, just completely funny. And mm. like the whole movie lean, l- leans into the Looney Tunes aspect of the physical performance. Like mm. 
Tom, I think, obviously, the stand-up performance in the film. Yeah. But you can see so many, like, Buster Keaton mm-hmm. elements. Like he's flinging himself off a mountain. Yeah. He's flinging himself yeah. into a train. You know, there's Sherlock yeah. Jr. It reminded me of, like, old um, video games as well. You know, like, when they were trying to climb up through the train. Mm. And there was, like, the, like, the gas coming. And it just reminds me of, like playing a video game and you're yeah. like waiting for that and you're like timing it right and, and Uncharted Uncharted just... 2 the opening of that is the Pretty train much, yeah. and also Jurassic Park 2 has the very similar sequence where the the train truck that they drive is hanging over the cliff oh yes and the yes. T-Rex is a tron- and yeah. they're climbing through it what is it with trains and men you I mean there's only there's that. only two things you can do with the train right it yeah. either goes out of control or it goes off a bridge yeah that's the only two things it does in movies what about Harry Potter High powers, not it, really. it just transports you, and then um, <laughs> things things do go out of control when the Dementor comes and freezes. Oh yeah, powers. true, true. Yeah, anyway. that's the first time in film where it stops. Yeah. A train stops. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what did what did Christopher McQuarrie say? The train scene was not an action sequence; it was a suspense sequence. Suspense sequence. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think also like all the Mission Impossible films have action sequences yeah. but not I wouldn't necessarily call them action films like I think this is the first one I've been like okay this is an adventure film mm-hmm. right yeah 20 minute set piece 20 minute dialogue 20 mm-hmm. minute set piece yeah. 20 dialogue and it reminded me a lot of Raiders of the Lost Ark right they're mm. going after a MacGuffin mm. to find another MacGuffin but they're going to all these exotic locations doing yeah. it yeah. and they just so happen to get in like a silly action sequence to yeah because chase. like Mission Impossible all of the films it's like Fucking three or four films within a film. Yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, it's coming to an end, and it's like, bam, yeah, another, yeah. There's an- another massive thing. sequence. Yeah, there's like, and then 10 like, plots. I think we were mm. talking about how they kept hyping and hyping up the motorbike scene. Yeah, and in the film, for me, it happened quite kind of like obviously they they're as an audience, you knew what was coming. Sure, and obviously Tom, what well, his character didn't, so you're like, oh, it's really exciting, da da. <laughs> but then it happens, and it happens quite fast, and you're mm. like, ah, okay. But then they yeah. slap you with a massive like train sequence after. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. But then again, I watched footage, like phone footage of Tom doing it. Yeah, the jump. And I actually found it way more impressive just looking at it like in normal speed on yeah. someone's iPhone because you're like, holy fuck, he just goes Did off. That yeah. Th- they he just goes. <laughs> but like, you know, it. in the movie, it's all kind of like slow-mo. Yeah, I think our eyes calm. are just so used to kind of VFX stuff now that it's like, oh, okay. But when you see it on an iPhone footage, you're like, oh my God. They, they, the yeah. studio Crazy. released like a 10 minute video about it. You should watch it. Well, we mm, watched like behind the scenes. When we went to watch Avatar 2. Oh yeah, it was the, in front of Avatar 2. Yeah, so I've seen this oh, like okay, multiple okay. times. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. But no, it's just like the shitty iPhone footage. I was like, wow. I think, mm. yeah, I think someone made a really good point. A critic who writes, I think either for the Guardian Telegraph made a good point like, you know it's there, but the thing is you have to see it, mm-hmm. right? On yeah. the big screen, like, as an audience, you're going to see the stunt. Yeah. And, like, sure, like, in the trailer and everything, we see him go off the cliff, but it's the literal what happens the moment after, after the trailer ends. Yeah. Like, with him free-falling down, mm. the camera's, like, on his face. It's like, what the fuck? How is he doing that? Yeah, How is he yeah. talking and falling? Yeah. And, I mean, it reminded me of the, the Halo sequence at the start of Fallout where they jump out the plane. Yeah, oh, yeah, right, and it's like one shot IMAX, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. really in the behind the scenes. That it's and he's like hanging crazy. on the plane. Yeah, it's like and I, I just like, I, yeah, I don't know what goes through his mind, but uh, crazy. And we would just know that the more dangerous ones are yet to come. So yeah, I thought Simon Pegg wasn't really in it this time. He did not never lot, really in it. I don't know. I feel like he's always got really good funny lines and stuff. He and that's a, when he had like one or two. Notes he, he, he had a segment with the bomb. 
the, the psychometric yeah, the test. Like, but apart from that, I'm like, I yeah, don't remember him yeah. really in it that much. I think him and uh, him and Luther were just like yeah. the double act behind yeah, the men. Benji, the right? women's were Benji, taking over yeah. in this film. Like I always loved Luther because <gasps> love they, they're basically you you they're usually the other character, if you know what mm. I mean. Like Benji would be the the tech guy and Luther would be the Benji guy. Yeah. Um and like yeah. Benji's like the agent in the field and Luther's the man yeah. on the chair. Yeah. But it's um, funny because like Ving Rhames, all he did in this movie, and I think the last movie as well, was just like sit, sit down. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. Which sit is great. Well, he, like, he's basically uh, Ethan's uh, conscience. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, his moral compass. Yeah, his moral compass. Yeah. yeah. But shall we move to favorite quote? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. So we've already spoke spoken about my favorite quote just because I, I found it fucking hilarious. But yeah. it's the international... No, it's, fuck, I keep saying international. No, it's that's a, my quote. It's the I'm impossible this one. mission force. Is that your favorite quote? Well, you can't even say it properly. So yeah. I'm going to steal it first. Steal it. It's going to be the impossible mission force. Yeah. Force. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I thought it was just really funny because it yeah. just kind of ground the whole film down because you're just like, yeah. Yeah, this is ridiculous. It's a little bit yeah. ridiculous. Like, how is this? It's like, it's like, oh yeah, this is Mission Impossible we're watching right now. Yeah, yeah it's like, like, this is not James Bond. This yeah. is Mission Impossible. Yeah. The Im- impossible oh, that answer to no one. Yeah. Right. It's like, what? Anyway, what were you? What were you? Um, I think by far and away, there's a quote for the books and history here. Mm-hmm. So I don't, rem- don't know if you remember in Number five, Alec Baldwin is like, oh, Ethan Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny. Yeah. And, and, and everyone's like, right. everyone is like, oh my God, that's like the hardest line. Like, that's so fucking cool. And then they top it in this movie with Shay Wiggum's character. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. moment Shay Wiggum comes on screen, he's in like the big like plane helicopter and they're going after Ethan. And he says, um, he, he introduces Ethan like this. He goes, he is not to be underestimated, a master of infiltration, deception, sabotage, and psych warfare. For all intensive purposes, ladies and gentlemen, a mind, re- a mind reading, shape shifting incarnation of chaos and should not be considered compromised until you've driven a wooden stake through his open art. Oh. Art. Art. Is well, open art. Is open art. <laughs> open art. I just, I remember listening. Out, I was like, holy shit. That, that's when they're on the private jet, right? That's or, when they're arriving at the airport to find Ethan. Yeah. And he's briefing his in, team being like, we just got to kill Abu this Lobby, guy. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hefty quote, but he delivered it. And funny. I was like, that is fucking hilarious. That is, yeah, I wonder that if Tom Cruise wrote that. I think, I think I saw um, someone like met him on the red carpet for the film. Mm. And someone said, are you a living incarnation of chaos? And then he said, the studios think I am. And walked away. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. Legend. Oh, Tom. <laughs> oh, oh, Tom. Tom, Tom the short Tom. king. Um, yeah, I think the, the the other funny one is, um, I can't remember the the the, the dialogue, but, but they're on the train and Ethan and Hayley Atwell, Tom and uh, Hayley on the train. And, and he's like, um, I have to go get the key. You have to stop the train. And she's like, what the fuck? Stop the train? Yeah. <laughs> that is good. She's like, how do yeah. I do that? And then he runs away. Uh, yeah. Very. Yeah. I mean, as you say, like, I don't remember these movies being so funny. Yeah. But this one was like, e- arguably one of the funniest comedies of the year. One yeah. of. Not the, but one of. I guess we just get it now. Yeah. yeah. It's just like the, but I think the also, silliness of... Um, how serious it is sometimes. Did you guys see Top Gun Maverick? I, I assume yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. Like that was also quite funny. 
But I also, thought that was more serious than this. But yeah, yeah. but had a had an open heart. You could say mm-hmm. it was very much more emotive than this, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, there's a philosophy there of Cruise to be like the audience experience has to be rewarding. Like you're choosing to pay yeah. 15, 20 quid to sit in front of my film. I got to make you feel like mm-hmm. yeah. you experience all the genres and get all the emotions and you leave so satisfied, which mm-hmm. is great. Well, I think it's really clever because like when we yeah listened to the podcast of the director last week, I hadn't really listened to any interviews with him. I didn't know how he was going to be, but he was like pretty grounded, like... He knew what kind of film he's making. Yeah. He knows that like you'll go and see the film and you probably will tune out and watch it rather than listen to it for a while. Yeah. And he does and edits things for a reason to kind of bring you back in. And it is so true rather than just being like, you know. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think he knows the director knows his audience. He knows the kind of film he's making. And he's yeah. like, you know. It's really interesting because he's been a writer longer than he's been a director, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. And I I know that he was brought on to Mission Impossible 4 as a ghostwriter. Um, yeah, when did he start directing them? Number five, but he was uncredited on number four because they brought him in to rewrite the script because they were trying to write Tom Cruise out of the franchise mm. and write oh, really? Jamie Jamie it into the franchise. Mm-hmm. And McCrory came in and he was like, whoa, you've got it all wrong. Why are you writing Tom out? You have to write him even more in. And he rewrote the script, which is what the film ended up being. And then they were like, right, from now on, McCrory, it's all yours. Like, you've yeah. just saved the franchise, yeah. Because at the time... Uh, Tom Cruise and Paramount were having a huge oh, yeah, they, uh, yeah. thing. Yeah, so I think they I want to rewatch them all again. Yeah, yeah, I really want to watch them all again. <laughs> all right. Well, I think now it's time to go to the armchair moment, or I guess the what if moment. Mm. So, if there's anything that you you want to nitpick, oh my god, we haven't even negatives? fucking talked about the AI thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I mean, what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, I so. don't. Do you not like I that? Don't... Yeah. So, like, no, I'm, I'm gonna say, like, like for me, I I found the villain. Or villains of the the movie, um, not scary at all. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. there's been such scared. good villains in the past, like mm-hmm. yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman and stuff, and yeah. uh, Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry, Henry Cavill. Cavill yeah, yeah. So great. Good. And like, I think to, hot. for me to have a villain <laughs> that's like yeah. something that you can't see, it, it's not scary. It's not like a horror film where it's like, oh, but if you don't see, it, it's more scary. It's like no. It's not, I don't know. I, I just wasn't scared I do, of it. I do agree that we didn't see what it could do aside from the tricking, mimicking the voice, right? Mm-hmm. Mimic the voice of Simon Pegg and it tricked Tom and he went the wrong way, which I guess yeah. was kind of kind of scary, spooky night, wrong way, mysterious voice. Yeah. But we didn't, like, we don't know what the entity can do. But for me, I don't find that scary. I just find it, like... Ugh. Annoying. Yeah, because, well, yeah, like, we have, we, you know, we're going possibly through that in our world. Mm, yeah. But I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I want to be in Mission Impossible world. I want it mm. to be like a baddie. Well, it, was, it, it was written pre-COVID. Yeah, pre, pre-chat oh, really? GPT. Yeah, yeah so. it was pre-chat, which oh, is kind of, because Top Gun Maverick, because Macquarie and Cruz were on that project as well, yeah. was initially meant to be directed by Tony Scott, who passed away. But Tony Scott wrote an outline that he wanted the story to be about AI and drones. Mm-hmm as the Air Force. Right. And I think when they picked up Top Gun 2 to, 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 to make finally with Kaczynski, um, they read the script and they're like, we can't do this yet. So I think Macquarie and Cruz have retaken those elements and brought them into mission right. without realizing that, oh shit, this is actually really relevant yeah. at the moment by the time the film had released, I think. Well, I don't I know do if any... Oh, uh, well, I was going to say, like, uh, there's... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> What's his the the guy who wrote Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons? I can't remember. I think it's Dan Brown. Uh, yeah, okay, Dan Brown. Yeah, Dan Brown, the author. So I think his most recent book in that uh, series. franchise or series or whatever. Um, the last one was also this whole AI kind really, of thing. Really, really. And I think that book came out in like 2016 or 17. So, because I love that series, so I read that book. Yeah. Um, and it was just very similar, like a very yeah. similar kind of storyline. Because like even there, agree. you know, you have like the Tom Hanks character. Yeah. What's his name? Um, he's uh, like professor. Yeah, the professor, yeah. and he always has a brunette girl, like yeah. <laughs> like in like in Mission Impossible. It's always like a brunette. You, babe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. No, I just think that like all this AI stuff is like we mm. get it. Like that's why no one rewatches Black Mirror anymore because you're just like yeah, yeah don't want to see what we really kind of yeah. have ourselves. I, I thought it was interesting in the sense of like this the entity, right? The entity mm-hmm. is this like evil godlike figure that mm-hmm. watches over all of us and his he has the dark angel gabriel as his yeah. this physical form to do My his namesake. bidding yeah so i think there's Get obviously out. there's like this religious horror aspect yeah. to the presence of that so tom cruise is basically fighting god in this film but we're yet okay. to see we're yet to see the wrath but of I god just thought, so what gabriel is the the, the guy yeah the yeah. The, the villain yeah, yeah. sorry bad names in films I just found him not that scary because you know there's something scarier than him mm. who's kind of controlling him. So he yeah. just kind of seems like a wee bit of a puppet. Yeah. So I wasn't that bothered by him. I'm not going to lie. What did you think of... I kind of like the... Sorry, again. Sorry. I can't remember her name. Blonde uh, female. Vanessa Kirby. I quite liked mm. her because you just don't know if she's good or bad. Like, she's obviously a wee bit more bad. Yeah. But I quite like that you just don't know what she's going to decide next. It's and the Gabriel guy, mm. you know, like, yeah, he's it, well, I think it's like Vanessa Kirby's character is more believable than Gabriel's character. Yeah. Sure. It's like, in this world today, we're more technology uh, averse. Like, people yeah. won't risk, like, I don't think there'll be a, a villain that would be like, oh, I believe this AI entity technology and yeah. that is my boss. And mm. <laughs> like, I don't think... Yeah. Like, you pays a me human, a monthly salary. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't think a human would like, would do that. Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, obviously, don't forget, this is a part one. We're yeah, still, We're exactly. still yet to find out exactly. what is uh, going on. I'm also like, I am not that big a fan of part one and part twos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. There's only like been a few films where I've enjoyed it. Mm. where you're like oh okay I normally like I don't mind part one part twos when you don't know the character like Dune like I didn't know the character yeah, so yeah. it felt like a proper introduction introduc- yeah. I enjoyed it but then this one I was a bit kind of like why did you not just make a good first film well, and mm. then you just carry on to the next one I feel like I feel like part one they should have just deleted that from the title uh, yeah I think so but also but I guess it might make sense in the next film because you know how like what what Endgame and Infinity, Infinity War yeah. was a part one, part two. But they changed But they the, didn't really have the part one, part two yeah. name. Yeah. And I thought they were really successful because they were like, they're solid movies by themselves. Like, yeah. yeah. But they connect. But they get, yeah, but they yeah. flow into it. But you're yeah. like, you have a satisfying ending. I think. But this one, I was like, okay, you're kind of just waiting to see what happens next. I mean, in, yeah. in comparison to other part one movies that released this year, like, it didn't have the traditional like cliffhanger ending, even though the movie literally ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> but, the mo- but the movie had a conclusive ending. Like they got the key, yeah, it definitely did, and they got the briefing for the mission, yeah. and they've gone yeah. off now. And there'll be a, probably a time jump 
when the next movie starts. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. kind of glad that it didn't do an end game like it didn't we do like got a, the key. No, you don't yeah, have the key. Yeah. Like I'm glad that it didn't do that because it does make it more of a one film, yeah. um, self contained kind of thing. It, I was really worried that because I had just seen the Spider Verse film. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't it, seen yeah. it. Okay, well I, I'm not going to spoil it, but I was not a fan of the ending because it was a cliffhanger ending. Right, right, and. Now that we know that we won't have this for a few years now, I was like, mm. oh, that's really, really, I really didn't like it. Whereas mm. with this, I was like, oh, it's fulfilled. Like, Hayley Atwell gets accepted into the IMF. Mm. Yeah, true. Benji and Tom go off. Kittredge give them the briefing. Mm-hmm. And they have the key. And like, who knows what's going to happen next? Like, yeah. the sub is still there waiting to be found. Yeah. Um, so. so conclusively, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I would count you, Lorna, and say I enjoyed the ending. Okay. Oh, sorry. I'm going to say one more thing. I actually really like the airport scene as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was wicked. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And before we move on, the soundtrack, the score in that sequence is incredible. Dang, I when they're all like running away at the end. Dude, this and is, this is the in. difference between a, a three-time watcher and a yeah. one-time watcher. You've seen it three times. I've seen it three times. And I want to yeah. go for a fourth time. Fucking well, hell. hit me up, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Where do you go? I go, I've been to the, the IMAX twice and then I went to the Barbican because oh, I get five pound tickets mm-hmm. and then uh, sure. picture highs, I can get like five nights time. But mm-hmm. um, the music, the composer, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm quite a big fan of Lorne mm-hmm. Balfe. He's really good. He did Fallout, which I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love the, the music. You normally watch incredible. movies like multiple times. Yeah, but very close. Do you leave like a week in between? Uh, usually a week. I usually try and see them twice. Like mm-hmm. for example, Asteroid City, I saw twice in the same week. See, no, in two days, I, actually. I wanted to say, like, as I've gotten older, I feel like I need to watch movies more than once. Because like in the last year and a half or maybe two years, I've been like, yeah, I need to watch that again. Yeah. I need to watch that again. And like, it's just, it doesn't feel uh, right. Like, yeah. I can't, yeah. I've, I've, and also like, I, I panic quite a lot. So when I watch it for the first time, particularly, particularly during, particularly during films like, yeah, literally, particularly during films I care about, like Mission Impossible and um, like even Top Gun Maverick, for example, like I'm so panicked, like mm. I don't really enjoy it fully the first time. No, I get you. So I, I watch it the first time to learn what happens. Yeah. And the second time yeah. I get to sit back and enjoy it without being like, yes. holy shit, I'm going to shit myself if yeah. something bad happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, We'll talk about it soon, but a certain movie that begins with a B and ends with mm. an E, Ooh. I think I was just screaming mentally Off in my head. <laughs> <laughs> in my head the whole time. Anyway, we'll get onto that later. So, we have a few options for the bonus question today, but I guess because we have a guest and our guest has given us a bonus question. Yeah. So, Oof. Um, so I mean, what is the question? The question. So, I'm firstly, I'm glad you all rewatched the films recently, so mm-hmm. they're kind of fresh in your memory. So the question is, um, gun to your head, you know, I'll kill you if you don't do a stunt from, you have to do one stunt from one of, like, oh, one of the movies, which one would you do if you had a gun to your head, basically? Like, it can be Dead Reckoning or all the others, but mm. if there was a gun to your head and hmm. you're going to die or something. I, I already know. Which one would you do? I, so, I already okay. know. As soon as I heard stunt, like, okay, I already know. Okay, which one would know. you do? It's the, the most iconic Mission Impossible stunt ever. The Spider Mission Impossible 2. Oh, oh! The, when he's getting the code, and that's the he's, first one. Oh, that's the first one. Yeah. Sorry, God. so the first one. Yeah, yeah. when yeah. he's getting the code, and he's like, he hangs, he hangs, and there's the French actor. What's his name? Um, Sean Reno. Yeah. Oh yeah, and there's like a. And he's like belaying him and yeah. holding him inside he's the. He's in the air the, vent. The air yeah, vent. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> such that that for me yeah. is Mission Impossible. Yeah, for sure. And that is I good. think like 
I don't know. It just is just so iconic that yeah. that was the first thing that popped into my head. Mm. But you're saying which is the stunt that you would do? Which is the, yeah, like if there was a gun to your head yeah, and you had to do a stunt, one which us. one would you do? Because I feel like that's actually the, probably the easiest stunt, but it is obviously the most iconic. Yeah, it's the most contained because you're the just most contained. Yeah. dropping from a room ceiling. I wouldn't yeah. mind being on the side of the airplane. I was thinking that, you but I was like, that you know, the my amount of pressure you, know how you get. Cold that is. Yeah, yeah but I'm from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Look at us. Both of us are like, yeah, no. <laughs> no, I think the plane would be pretty cool, right? Like if I if I was on cruise, yeah, and I yeah, had the strength totally. and the weird brain he has, yeah. I would because like on the side of a building, yeah, well, like you could just yeah. be cleaning windows. You're not like <laughs> yeah, but that's you're a normal like, job. That, as well. that was my second one. Well, but being on a plane, well, climbing no the Burj, climbing the Burj Khalifa, and then like kicking like with the laser and then kicking into oh, the. But ah, oh, I I still don't, <laughs> when I when I watch that, I still don't believe that's real because that's insane. That is insane. No, yeah. it, it can happen. So like I watched this uh, video of a CIA, a former CIA special agent, yeah, talking about how believable each Mission Impossible stunt is. Yeah, he said the only thing that it that isn't believable about that stunt is that it happened in the daytime. That is, <laughs> is that because is that it happened in the daytime? Wow. Wow. Um, so what would yours be then? Yeah. Oh, on the side of the airplane? I think so. I'm trying oh. to think what other big stunts are there. So Just climbing the there's Burj. That, wait, wait, under, number one in the film. There's that underwater the, one where the, they're the like spider. trying, yeah. I think it was number four. Oh, number the under, five. The underwater where they're in that like revolving oh, thing. The turbine. Water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can do water. What was number that was two? Scary. Number two, the stunts were more like motorcycle stuff and like, um, he jumped out of a building in that. I swear there was the, a thing where... In number two, he jumps out of a building like that. Like he, there's a hole on the side and he jumps out of the building like that into right. a, into a base jump, and then number three. Oh yeah, because number two was so sexual. It was, it so, was so it was sexy. super erotic. It was yeah. so erotic. They're like, oh yeah, we're in a bathtub together. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> number three is the pendulum swing in yeah. Shanghai. Yeah, which yeah. I would be leaning more into because I don't know. It seems more secure. I don't know. Boring. I mean, I mean, running doesn't count. We can't count running because mm. we can all theoretically run. Yeah, but can Not you like run like Tom? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. Uh. All right. Well, I guess it's time for some ratings. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. You're all going to be shocked. Um, one is me. I'm going to give Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 10 halves of the cruciform key mm. plus another 10 half of the cruciform key out of 10 <laughs> which is 10 out of 10 <laughs> yeah I loved it 10 out of 10 I would I've seen it three times going for a fourth obviously I think it's 10 out of 10 nice. well I was gonna give it a s- no, I think uh, I'm gonna think... put a gun to your head Lorna I want to side of a plane but, um, I I would give it like uh, eight trains. Ooh. There we go. D- train carts or just like trains? Trains. Trains. Okay. I like trains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> smash them. Smash them. Eight smashed trains. Eight smashed trains. Oof. Smashed. Right. You sound like John Frankenheimer. Smashed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go. I'm I'm going to be in the middle. Because like I think the villain for me is always super important for a Mission Impossible film. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with nine in the middle of you guys. Um. So I'm gonna go nine out of ten. Oh, look, I just had it. What was it? 
Oh yeah, uh, Fiat 500s. <laughs> oh, oh that's because um, I've still I've still on the tenth one. That's why yeah, you yeah. Uh, well, like it's 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 not a ten for me because of the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it, fair. Yeah, that's it, fair. It, it I would, left a little bit unsatisfied with the villain. Yeah, no, that for me, I was just like, especially in the party when they were looking at it, and I was like, it's a plasma screen. Like it's yeah. just. But I mean, I I. But did you see it? I mean. This is sounds, it's a very privileged take, but I saw it in an IMAX, right? Yeah. And uh, it makes this weird growling sound to the entity. I like the seats were like this, shaking. I'm okay, shaking for maybe. the people at home. I mean, for me, it wasn't scary. Like for like for me, the best AI villain in entertainment, I guess. Mm. Has anyone played the game Portal? Yeah, Gladys. Yeah, Gladys is great. That's a great AI fucking thing. There's nothing. Nothing beats that for me. So. Um, you have to beat that as an AI uh, mm, intelligence. True, yeah. true. Okay, well, you've trumped right. that there. Yeah. Well, Christian McCoy, hope you're listening. Yeah, hope you're listening, Get Chris. GLaDOS in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess, um, do you have anything to plug? Um, to plug? Not really, just make sure you have um, <laughs> in your diaries when they announce the part two release date, because you yeah. should all be there oh, yeah. immediately. And in the meantime, mm. watch all of Tom Cruise's films. He is actually really good. Yeah, you don't have anything you're working on? Anything creative? Um, not at the moment. I mean, I'm currently on a bit of a hiatus, so oh. I'm just enjoying life, watching nice. good movies, bit of a flutter, drinking some good drinks. Oh, whilst I watch movies. Anything to plug? Anything you're working on? I'm working on some projects, but they are secret. Yeah. So Mission Impossible Part Two. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Well, oh. a cruise ship <laughs> with Tom Cruise. <laughs> cruises, cruises. Well, I'm going to plug, I'm gonna plug my own thing. Um, if you're free, September 3rd, um, <laughs> I started an agency. So, like, we're doing a little uh, events, a little DJ drinking, um, food kind of thing. If you're in West London, or if you want to go to West London, to this amazing place called Next Door Records, September 3rd, Sunday, between 6 and 10. Or if you want to go earlier, you can go earlier. They've got pizza. Or actually, I don't even know if they still do pizza. They might have another kitchen. But What was the location? It's called Next Door Records in Shepherd's Bush. It's a nice little record store, kitchen, cocktail bar. They've got nice wines. So yeah, if you want to come down, if you want to meet any of the other movie newbies plus guests, um, yeah, be there. It's a free event. So you don't have to pay anything except getting yourself drunk or not drunk. Um, oh, perfect. But yeah, on that note, I'm going to say. Well, I will come in a motorbike. Yeah. Oh, maybe. you're going to jump yeah, in? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to run into the venue. Fuck yeah. I'll come wearing a mask. And so a none of you are oh, shit. Me. Nobody's going to know. He's going to come up as me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but on that note, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. It's been Bye. great. I uh, love this episode. Thank you for being on it. We're going to see you on the next one. Thank you for having me. We're here. Thanks for listening. And yeah, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, do all that shit. You know what to do. And. Chaffing out, people. Love y'all.